Have you all ever had someone show up at the right time? Just show up. Not so much do or say anything, but the fact that they showed up. Have you ever had anybody pray common sense over you? I have. I can remember one time we were at church. It was a Sunday morning. I had this pain right here, right? I was just like, ugh, this aching pain that's below my belly button and to the right, exactly where my appendix is. I don't know what it could be. And I I had some people pray for me, right? And Paul prayed for me, and he prayed for me, and and he said, you know, God, I pray that my brother's healed in the name of Jesus, and and, and if, if that's not the way that you want to do this, God, I pray that he has the common sense to go to the hospital and get checked out. Later on that day, my wife took the kids to do something, and, and I had that pain still, right? And the Holy Spirit fell on me in a wave of common sense, and I went to the hospital. And I, I tried to call my wife's phone. Her phone had died like it does about 2 o'clock every day, and she was unreachable, right? So I was going to the hospital, couldn't tell my wife. And I go there, and they're like, yeah, you, your appendix is about to burst. You need to have surgery. I said, okay. And so then I started mobilizing people that I knew. If you see this person, my wife, she's five foot five, green eyes, dark hair. She says she's married to me. Tell her I'm going into surgery, please. And so I I called Jennifer, and I I had all these people looking for her. And finally, my, my wife gets home from the movies and And Jennifer kicks in the door like she's the police. Boom! Charity, your husband's going to surgery! She freaks out, takes off, and tries to get to the hospital before I go under the knife. And I'm laying there in the bed, and and they're like, come on, we need to to start this. And I was like, "Give give her five more minutes. Give her five more minutes, and she'll be here. I said, okay, but in five minutes, we've got to go. I said, okay. Four minutes and 59 seconds, she busts through the door. Boom, where's my husband? I mean, just like, like someone had kidnapped me and they were holding me. She comes running up to the bed and she's crying and her arm is bleeding because she's like, I can't even remember. She like busted through a door or got it hung on a fence trying to get here or wrestled a, a wolf trying to get to the hospital. I don't, I don't know what it was, but she was bleeding and she was crying But the fact that she had showed up, she showed up against all odds. She showed up. But I didn't realize that she needed to see me more than I needed to see her. Because she was panicked. And I was cool. I had an IV, but I was cool. (laughs) And so I ended up praying for her before I went into surgery. And I was just like, Heavenly Father, I just pray for my wife right here. She just... I didn't even realize that I had the gift of tongues until that moment. (laughs) And I prayed for her and prayed for her, and we calmed down, and I went. Surgery went well, and I came out of surgery, and and I had all these people, all these people who had just showed up. And they weren't leaving until they knew I was okay. They didn't do anything or say anything. I didn't even get to see them. By the time that I got to see anybody, it was just my wife and everybody had left, but she told me who all had showed up. 
I've never forgot it. There was a time early in, in me being a pastor that, that I, I was handed a situation that I wasn't ready for. I drove a, a young couple to Louisville because their son had been medevaced. He had, he had been flown there for a brain injury, and, and they didn't know anybody else, so they called me. They said, please, can, we, can you help us? I said, yeah. We, we took off to Louisville. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. And I was there with this young couple, this young, this young, these young parents, when the doctor came out and said that your son is not going to survive this. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to be or who. I didn't know what to do. I called Paul and I was like, dude, I'm not ready for this. And he said, I'll be there. And he showed up. And he stayed with me the whole night, just me and him. And years later, I didn't mention this in the, in the first service, years later, I, I had a, a feeling from the Holy Spirit to go to the hospital when that, one of that, the, the mother was pregnant again. I said, we need to go to the hospital. I think they're there. And she was having the baby right then. And there was nobody else there. And the umbilical cord had wrapped around the baby's neck. And I said, I'm, I'm their pastor. And they said, well, come back. It's an emergency. And I showed up, and, and they, they were wheeling the mother into surgery, and, and me and the father, I can't believe I didn't mention this in the first service. I guess it's for you. But I, I, I knelt in the hallway of the hospital with the father, and we cried out to the Lord. We prayed until we heard, Wah! and we got to hear that, that new life, that new baby. Amen. And I got to be there with that couple. Man, and they said, it's, it's amazing, you just... You show up. Every time. You showed up. And I, I, I keep thinking about how amazing of a gift it is to show up for someone and have people show up for you. But I want to tell you about the most ultimate time that anybody ever showed up for anybody. And that's when God himself creator of the universe, control of all things, stepped off of his throne and made himself flesh and bone and showed up for you, for you, for me. This series is our hill to die on series. These are the things that we can't argue about. This is what Christianity is. This is the truth. This is it. Last week we talked about that God is the creator of the universe and everything in it. And this week we're talking about that God himself, God himself became flesh in Jesus Christ. God made man. Can you say amen? amen. If you have your Bibles with you, let's open them up and let's stand for the reading of God's word. We are in John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. 
There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created through him. And yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Lean in close for this part. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you showed up for us in this way. We thank you that you made yourself flesh to suffer and die for us. God, we thank you that when you wanted something done right, you did it yourself. In Jesus' name, all God said... Amen. Amen. You may be seated. At the very beginning of this, John ties back to something you all may have heard of. It's called Genesis, right? He starts off his gospel with, in the beginning. In the beginning. Every Jew, if he would, you were to read that, every Jew would have went, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth, right? They would have recognized that. They would have, they would have leaned in. Oh, we know this story. We know this part. But he switched it up. And in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. From the beginning. From the very beginning. From beginning. From beginning. Christ was there. Christ was there. Now, I want to go into a, a little bit of teaching for a moment so that we know what's happening. What, our biblical knowledge is, is solid. If you think that Jesus Christ is a new character that just kind of showed up in the sequel of the New Testament, you're wrong. Jesus, the Christ, shows up all the Old Testament. Let me repeat that. All through the Old Testament. The angel of the Lord spoke. The angel of the Lord said. The angel of the Lord. All these, all these instances where, where Jesus the Christ shows up, the pre-incarnate Christ shows up, reveals himself, and basically says, hey, in about 400 pages, I'll be back. Yeah. And I'm going to do something that you won't even believe. You won't even believe. You won't even understand. If I told you now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even get it, but you're going to, because I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. The pre-incarnate Christ. So we say that word incarnate, incarnation, right? Uh, God incarnated himself, and, and that just strictly translates incarnate or to be made flesh, made flesh. Incarnate means made flesh. And so when he is incarnated, Incarnation, God himself, creator of all things, was made flesh, was made vulnerable, was made human, was made to where he had to sleep and eat and got tired and got worried and was, was downtrodden and beaten, all those things that 
feel. Those things that, that, that deal with us that we can feel and are tangible, but also God made himself available, reachable, attainable. I can, I can hear him. I can see him. I can, I can touch him. He made himself real. He made himself known. Right? And so often that people say that, that, that people who don't describe themselves as Christians, they'll say, you know what? If Jesus was a real person, which go ahead and tells you that they haven't done their research. Because that's one of the most, if he was real. Now, he was definitely real. <laughs> so much secular history tells us this. He was real. He was a real guy. But they like to say, if he was real, I just consider him a great teacher. He, he taught some really neat things. He taught, he taught good things. He had some good lessons. You know what Jesus taught? Jesus taught that he was the son of God, yeah. that he was I am. Before Abraham was, I am. That no one comes to the father except through me. He didn't make any bones about it. He didn't try to like sugarcoat it or like there's no gray area. Or maybe he was trying to say there's no weird interpretation. No, Jesus said, hey, I'm God. So if you like his teachings, then you like the fact that he's teaching you that he is God. Himself, the Son of God in all things. That nothing that was ever created was ever created without Him. And that everything that was created was created through Him. Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, say these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. Does that sound like it could go either way to you about who Jesus is? Does it, does it sound like it's like maybe he's, maybe he's not. I don't know. All it did say was that he was heir of all things that the entire universe was created through him. No, he's Jesus. He's the Christ. So he was the Christ and was Jesus at the same time. There was the Christ, and then there was Jesus, and now there's Jesus and the Christ, together in total unity. And we're not going to do a whole lesson on the Trinity because that's it's a deep dive. But what you need to know, that a pillar of our faith, a pillar of who we are as Christians, of what we believe, is that Jesus was God himself incarnated, made flesh. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I, I want to be transparent with you. I want to be honest with you. I have had a hard year. I've had a hard year. Um, I've dealt with anxiety, and I've dealt with panic attacks, and I've dealt with just different things where the, the world has really been heavy for me. And I don't ever want to stand up here and, and say, hey, guys, I have it figured out. Well, let me tell you about it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Struggling, church. Struggling. I, 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 quarantine and isolation, it was, it was hard on me. And then I lost my job. And I, it, that was even more hard on me. 
And so often that I had, I had lifted up the ability and, and strengthened my ability to ignore the enemy's lies, faltered. It faltered. And so I started believing him when he told me that I wasn't worth anything. And I started believing it whenever he threw every single bad thing that I ever did in my life right back at me. I started remembering and, and focusing and, and losing what I was focused on. And I, I was just, I was struggling. I was, I, my, my wife was in here earlier and I just said, baby, I've been struggling. Hadn't I? She's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, I've been struggling. I, our, our family has, has took a hit because I took a hit. Our marriage took a hit because I took a hit. And it's just, I, I, I've, I've been struggling. There's been times where I didn't think I could take it. Like I felt like I was holding on to a thread. Do you hear what I'm saying? Anybody with me on this that you ever just felt like you're just holding on to a thread and that is all you have? And then I followed that thread. And I pulled on that thread and I followed it to the hem of his garment that was clothed over our Savior. And I realized that that hem, that thread that I was holding on to is the only thing that I ever needed. That's the only thing that was keeping me tethered. That was the only thing. I, 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 was, I was hanging on by a thread, but man, it was the thread of his garment. It was, the, it was the thread that was hanging off the hem of his garment that all I had to do was touch it. Touch it and I could be healed. Touch it and I could be healed. And I'm holding it in my hands. I'm holding it. So often when you feel like you're just hanging on by a thread, that's all you have and you've got to pull on it. It does like any other thread will. You pull and pull and pull and pull and it just keeps coming out. It just keeps coming out until everything just kind of unravels. There's nothing left. But when you pull on the thread of the hem of his garment, you feel like, oh, hold on. You can't pull that. That's anchored in the word. That's anchored in truth and grace. That's anchored in authority. That's anchored in power. That is anchored in love. That is tethered and tied to the robe of the Savior of the universe. That's not unraveling at all. Matter of fact, that, that, that knot is still tight. It's enough. It's enough. And so every time that I've been battling with these these things and this anxiety that just continues to just, just go over and over and over in my head, I, I, I realize God spoke to me. And he spoke to me. He said that my that anxiety was just unrepentant conviction. It's just conviction that I was dealing with day after day after day that I never repented for, that I never just gave. I just held on to it. And that unrepentant conviction for things that I have done began to eat me. Began to eat me. I've, I've stood on this stage in front of all of you and told you never waste conviction. Never waste conviction. Never. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing because it's God's way of going, hey, I love you. So often we go, the, the, the conviction that we feel is, is just us going, we're bad. I'm so bad. I'm so dumb. I messed up. And God says, you're not bad. That sin is bad. I love you. You're not bad at all. That's bad. 
but I love you. You ever had somebody tell you that they love you? You go, yeah, I love you too. And they go, no, 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 no. I love you. I love you. I began to read my word. And God's like, I love you. I'm like, yeah, I love you too, God. And he's like, no. You're not listening to me. I love you. So much so that I, God, will come off of my throne, be made vulnerable in the flesh, be tired and hungry and beaten and, and, and just embarrassed and, and, and just humiliated and just tore down and broken until all of that flesh that I had become is falling off of me. The blood that I poured into my body is poured out for you. That's how much I love you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Oh, okay. I see what you're saying now. You see, if God was not Jesus, if Jesus was not fully God, then the sacrifice that he made, it only amounted for one person. If he's just a human, if he's just a human person, then that sacrifice that he gave, if he's just human, is just worth enough for another human life. Adam's good. That one life for one life. But see, here's what we forget. That one life was the life of God. So that sacrifice covers everyone. All things. All people. All backgrounds. All choices. All sin. All mistakes. All setbacks. All trying to get it going. Falling back again. All of it. All of it. No, it was God in the flesh, sacrificed, beaten, and poured out for me. I don't want to talk about y'all this morning. I want to talk about what he did for me. Yeah, I know he died for you too, but he died for me. It's blowing my mind. I'm falling in love with Jesus all over again. I, I, I say this with my wife all the time. I just want to date her. I just want to date her. I want to take her out. I want to surprise her with flowers. I want to, I want to date her. And so I do. I do it all the time. But I forgot to date Jesus. I forgot to build our relationship. I forgot to pour myself into it. I just kind of showed up. Yep, I'm the bride. He's the bridegroom. You don't understand how much he loves me. I know he loves you, but man, I've just been thinking about how much he loves me and how much he loves you. I, and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna talk about this, but it just keeps coming back to the first service, so I've got to this service. God asked me, He said, When was the last time you cried out to me? And I said, I do it all the time. You hear me say it, I'm like, dear Heavenly Father, we cry out to you. And he's like, no, <laughs> try again. And he's like, no, 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 okay, all right, all right. Dear Heavenly Father, we cry out to you. And he goes, no, no, you're not crying out to me. See, Shakespeare, the way it was written, it was written to be heard. It wasn't written to be read. Yeah. Right? You can sit there with your, your <laughs> that's not the way it's supposed to go. You're supposed to hear it. In the same way, the Psalms, you, you see this thing and nobody ever, everybody always kind of glosses over it. Everybody always glosses over it. It's just one letter. Oh. Oh. 
So how often have, have you read the Psalms or have you read that O in the Bible and went, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. That O, that O is not. O means everything. That O means just oh, oh Lord, that crying out, yearning, needing, just going, just every, oh Lord. Oh Lord, please hear me. And there were so many times in my anxiety and my panic and my just beating myself up that I was going, oh, oh, oh. But it was, oh, me, oh, me. Instead, I just turned it and went, oh, Lord. And he said, I hear you. I hear you. But I hear you whisper too. I hear you whisper to me. I hear you cry out to me. But I want your heart. I want your heart. I need, I need you to cry out. Cry out. I've been struggling. Man, it's good to cry out to the Lord. You know what's even better than crying out to the Lord? That moment after. That moment after where he goes, I hear you. I hear you and I love you. And you go, I love you too. And he goes, no. I love you. I love you. Crying out to the Lord is different. And sometimes... That's what I have to do more than sometimes. It's what I have to do. Now warn the people in your house. Warn the people in your house. If all of a sudden you hear from the other room, just, oh, Lord. Watch them come running. Watch them come running. And then you get to tell them what you're doing. What are you doing in here? You sound in pain. I am. I'm hurting so bad that I have to cry out to the Lord for him to take it. Take it. It's yours. Do something else with it because I, I, I can't take it. God himself. God himself. I... I, I I don't want to gloss over these words because so often we hear them and then they don't, they don't have the weight, right? They don't have the weight to God himself. God. God. The creator of the universe. God himself was made flesh for one purpose. He could have lived a long life You've lived a long life teaching and, and, and ministering and then died in his sleep, nice and calm and said, I did it for y'all. No. No, he lived a life of weariness and travel and hunger 
and serving and serving and serving and serving and serving until they beat him to death and hung him on a cross to the point to where his family could not recognize him. Mother, behold your And it was for me. It was for me. I know it was for y'all too, but oh my, it was for me. And then there was the other night, I was just sitting there laying going, wow, you died for me. Wow, you died for me. Wow, you died for my kids. Oh, you did it for my kids too. You did it for my daughter. You did it for my sons. You made it available for them too. Oh, 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 Lord, you are so good. (laughs) Crying out to him with everything, with everything. God himself, God himself was made flesh and bone and heart and brain and hurt and emotion and weariness and tired. We forget so often how many times that it says in the Bible that Jesus, weary from his travels, sat by the well. Jesus, weary, had to go and pray and rest in the garden. He felt it. He felt what you feel. He smelled what you smelled. He saw what you saw. Because any good leader, any good boss, anybody worth following or trying to mimic or, or be like them, any, anybody, any, any leader, any leader that's worth anything at all is never going to ask you to do anything that they're not prepared to do themselves. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was prepared to do it for you. And instead of asking you to die for your sins because that's what you deserved, he said, you know what? I'm not even going to ask you for that. I'm just going to do it for you. The price that you pay, you've got it. That victory that you need, I've got it. That healing that you need, I've got it. That love that you're yearning for, I've got it. That grace that is your lifeline and you are dying for, I've got it. That authority that you need over your life and the choices that you make and the things that are going on in your life, I've got it. I can give you those things. And you know what? I'm going to give you those things. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything except follow me. Here I go. Give it all. Give it all. Blew my mind every single time someone showed up for me in my life because they had other things to do. They had other families to be a part of. They had other people to show up for. They had other things to do and and places to go and think. it, 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 It humbles me. 
that someone one time would have shown up for me. I remember the times when people I thought were going to show up didn't show up. I remember those. But man, I remember the ones that I never thought anybody would show up. And all kinds of people did. I want you to know that God himself showed up for you. When you didn't think he would, when you didn't think you deserved it, when you were in the middle of your sin, when you were in the darkest dark of your life, and when you were in the lowest low of your life, whenever you were just done, I'm just done. Anybody ever just been done? I've been done. In that moment, in that moment, that's when Jesus showed up. He left heaven. He left heaven. He left the kingdom of heaven to visit you in your darkness. I don't want to go to a parent-teacher conference. I don't want to like leave my house to go to one of those things. That's how lazy I am. But God himself left his throne in the kingdom of heaven where he had thousands of angels singing to him, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He said, y'all take a break. I'll be right back. And came down. He said, I'm going to leave that. Believe that to meet you in your darkness, to meet you in your, your unfaith, to meet you in your unbelief, to meet you in your addiction, to meet you in that bed, to meet you at that job, to meet you at that place, to meet you in that alley, to meet you all those different places. He left that to come after you and me. He said, I'll do the heavy lifting. All that stuff that you deserve, all that stuff you're afraid of, the, the destruction and the pain and the shame and the guilt and the fear and the worry and the anxiety and all of that that you were terrified that you're going to have to deal with, give it to me. I'll take it all. So where you stumbled, he rose. To where you hid, he made himself known. To your darkness, he brought the light. And your death, he gave you new life. Amen. Somebody give God praise. Yes. Philippians 2. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God. Do you hear that? Existing in the form of of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. Now, a lot of theologians will Go back and forth and debate on one line of that, that he 
emptied himself. That he emptied himself. And some people will say, well, it says it right there for a moment. It's saying that he wasn't God. He was just a man. It's not what it means. It's not what it means. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I failed algebra in high school. It's a true story. But God himself is not tied down by mathematics. He was not 50% man, 50% God. He was 100% man and 100% God. He was Jesus and he was the Christ. So when it says he emptied himself, what that means is that he made himself vulnerable. The things that were protecting him from your mortal ways, from your human ways, the things that separated him and made him untouchable and, 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 and to where you couldn't hurt him, you couldn't bring him down because he's God. He said, here, here's my heart. Here's my heart. He made himself available to be that perfect sacrifice for you. He made himself available to be the perfect sacrifice for you. Jesus Christ was not murdered. He wasn't murdered. His life was not taken. It was given as a gift to all mankind because the sacrifice of God, that worth and that value is for all of us. It's for all of us. So every time that you think you're not worth it, Every time you think that, that you're not worth speaking or, or worth going or, or someone tries to make you feel like your value is less than, God himself died for you so that you would know that you're worth it, so that you would know your value, so that you would know that if nobody else on this side of heaven ever loves you, the one who is love. The one who is love. Loves you with everything he has. With everything that he has. If you've never experienced that this morning, if you feel like, if, you, if you've felt like before, like you've only been hanging on to a thread, any time in your life, raise your hand. You're not the only one, see? So I'm asking you today, if you feel like you're holding on to a thread and it just keeps unraveling, and it just keeps unraveling, and it just keeps unraveling, let's exchange that. Let's exchange that. Let's, let's lay that thread down and take up the thread from the hem of his garment that's anchored in peace and love and authority and grace and power and the blood of Christ. Let's anchor ourselves to that. Let's hold on fast to that. Let's hold on tight to that and realize that the only thing we ever need is Jesus. 
You don't need all that stuff. You don't need all that worry. You don't need all that anxiety. You don't need all that. You just need Jesus. You just need. I just need Jesus. I just need Jesus. Oh, Lord. I just need you. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. You're worth it all. With every head bowed and every eye closed, have a moment of reflection this morning. Have a moment of reflection this morning where you look at the face of God. You look at the face of God and the face that's looking back at you is looking back at you in love and grace and acceptance and power and belonging because he wants you to come home. He wants your heart. All the stuff that goes through your mind, all the stuff that tries to attack you, all the stuff that tries to bring you down, God has squished the serpent's head under his heel. Victory. If you don't have the right thread this morning, right now is the time. Right now. He that knew no sin became sin. Not just sin, your sin. Became that fear and that shame and that guilt. Became the, that lust and that addiction and the, the lying. Became that pride. Felt the weight and the punishment of all of those things and paid for it all with your blood or with his blood so that you could share in his righteousness. That if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that you can be 